0: You are locked on Cougars. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to ahead on today's show. We continue with our three questions featuring each position group on the BYU football program as they get ready for spring ball. Calling an audible today, we were going to talk about wide receivers, but I decided, you know what? I want to talk about running backs. We'll get to running backs on the offense. We'll talk about safeties on the defense. And we'll also get to some BYU basketball notes out there. And a anonymous scout slash coach speaking on what he sees from byu currently as well as some thoughts on alex Barcelo and what he's doing currently for the cougars we got a lot to get to on today's show and let's waste no more time on this introduction and get into the meat and potatoes portion of today's show this is the locked on cougars podcast for february 16th 2022 mm-hmm. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for joining us right here on Locked On Cougars, making it your first listen of the day. We are your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports and appreciate your guys' patronage. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team. Every day. Let's start today's show talking about BYU and their spring camp upcoming. We talked yesterday about the defensive tackle position as well as the quarterbacks. Three major questions facing each of those position groups is something we will do for every position group in the lead up to spring ball kicking off on uh, what February 28th. Crazy enough. It's coming 12 days away from today. It's crazy to think about. We're going to have February spring ball, but, you know, it's how things go. And let's talk for a little bit uh, here to start today's show about BYU's running back position. I think there's some interesting things with this running back group none more so than I think BYU has their starting running back coming in via the transfer portal once again, at least the assumed starter in Christopher Brooks, the former Cal transfer, big-bodied back, six 6'2", two, 235 pounds. If he is everything he is cracked up to be, he could go for 1,000 yards for BYU in 2022. He has that opportunity, that type of skill, that type of I don't know what you want to say. That that type of just overall uh, ability to be the bell cow back for BYU and continue a strong trend recently of BYU having very good running backs obviously, Tyler Algier, Jamal Williams. We all thought that uh, Tyson Williams was on his way to one of those seasons before that ACL injury that he suffered. I I think the biggest thing right now is that you're going to look at Christopher Brooks and say, okay, that is the dude, and he will be in spring ball. That is the good news. Is He is expected to be part of spring ball. He enrolled in January, and he should be able to get a lot of work during this spring period. The number one question I have for this running back position is, will Christopher Brooks come out of spring ball as the clearly defined number one running back for BYU? I believe going in that that is the assumption that he will be the lead guy going into the summer and obviously getting ready for training camp in August. But the question will be there until we hear Otherwise, is if he is all he has been cracked up to be. That's question number one. Will Christopher Brooks be the dude at running back for BYU? I have reason to believe that he will be that guy. I would hope that he is, but... He has to go out and prove it. Now, I've already talked about this. We did our uh, position group debriefings in January where we looked back at each position group coming out of the 2021 campaign and talked about the running back position and the biggest question mark facing every other running back on BYU's depth chart currently, whether it's Lopini Katoa, Miles Davis, Jackson McChesney, Hinkley Rapati. You can go on down that list of all the different running backs, Mason Fakahua, whoever it might be, and you can look at every single one of them and say, okay, they've got something good about them, but there's one very common thread about all of them. That's question number two here is who is going to step out of the injury concern window and be a guy that BYU can rely on? Lupina Katoa, to his credit, has stayed relatively healthy in recent years. But early on in his career, he had multiple injury concerns. Miles Davis broke a foot last year in training camp. Jackson McChesney, it seems like every time he gets on the field, he comes up with an injury shortly thereafter. Think about it. The Liz Frank against Navy. He had an injury coming out of the USC game after coming in late in that game and being a star. Hinkley Ropati was a very heralded guy coming in from the JUCO ranks and tore his ACL just, what, a week or two after arriving on campus for training camp for BYU. Every single running back on that depth chart outside of Christopher Brooks has an injury history or injury concern going into this. Will one or two of those guys step forward and prove the injury concerns are behind them? I don't know that can necessarily be answered fully in spring ball, but you would hope that some of those guys start to emerge and that you start to see a pecking order really clear out. I think you're going to see it be Christopher Brooks, Lapini Katoa, and then probably a mixture of either Miles Davis and Jax McChesney as your top three or four running backs for BYU coming out of spring. That's my personal opinion on this. Now, question number three is a little related to number two, and that is, will a guy that maybe isn't on our radar, maybe it's Mason Fakahua. I heard really good things about Mason Fakahua during all of fall camp last year and on into the season playing on the scout team. Will somebody on this roster step up and really start to make a move up the depth chart? Mason Fakahua is a big body dude. He came to BYU to play quarterback. Very early on, BYU coaches realize, you know what, quarterback is not your future. Come over here and play running back. And I have heard comparisons from Mason Fakahua as to him being a potential guy who's like a Manasseh Tonga back in the day. Remember Manasseh Tonga? Some of you probably do. A big-bodied back who was very nimble despite being just absolutely gigantic. He was bigger than Harvey Unga, but had very, very good hands out of the backfield, caught a lot of passes for BYU, was a very, very good back. Houston hay I think he also factors into this. Will Houston hay show up and be a 270-pound bulldozer for BYU? we had Houston Haymuley on this podcast and he wants to prove he's more than just your old school fullback who is going to bend his face mask mashing into linebackers and defensive linemen and safeties. I think he would like nothing more than to show up and be like hey, give me some of those running back chops. Let me show, what, show you what I can do. He's a big body dude too. 270 some odd pounds. By the way, if you have not bought your uh, Tonga Tough poster for Houston Haymuley, uh, follow uh, Hema Haymuley who works for BYU TV. It's his older brother. They're they're doing a great thing. All the proceeds of the Tonga Tough poster that they have recreated of their father, they had the, it was the Turbo Tongan poster way back in the day uh, for Lak'ehe hey, Muley. They've recreated it with Rockwell. All the proceeds from that poster sale is going to help the people in Tonga, obviously, with that volcanic eruption and all the stuff that's been going on there. A very worthy cause. And by the way, it's a really dope picture. It's really dope story. Poster you can add to your collection. I'd love nothing more than for everybody to support that Tonga Tough venture. But question number three is will one of the quote unquote unknowns from the running back room step forward and make a statement during Spring Ball? We may not get any of the answers to any of these questions really because I don't I am not anticipating being at Spring Ball in person, but I'm hoping our practice insiders will be able to get me some insight on this and I can pass it along to you guys. But I think this running back position group, it looks like it's Christopher Brooks and then a whole lot of other dudes who are going to have to answer the bell. I think Lopini Katoa, he's got a leg up on everybody considering he's been the Robin to Tyler Algiers Batman the last two years and has been pretty good for BYU, but you got to prove it. And I think Lopini Katoa, he's got to be looking at it saying, hey, I'm supposed to be a senior. This year. I'm supposed to be having my opportunity to shine. And they brought in this Christopher Brooks guy. I'm going to go out and beat him. Maybe it's a fourth question here. Does Lopini Katoa, assume the role of as being the guy for BYU. I would think the odds are stacked against him. You don't bring in a Christopher Brooks from the Pac-12, from Cal, a guy who's been the leading rusher for the Golden Bears for multiple seasons in a row, without saying, hey, you're option 1A over there. We'll see. Very interesting stuff, and we'll, of course, be tracking it all spring long. All right, coming up in just a moment, we'll flip over to the defense, talking the defensive secondary about the safety position. I think there's a lot of questions about who is the future stars of this position group. I think you got at least one proven option, a guy I hope will be back playing safety, and we'll talk about all of that here in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. And, folks, many of you probably had New Year's resolutions. You may have given up on them, but I hope you guys will read consider and include built bar when it comes to eating healthier. Bilt Bars are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. We're talking a lot of BYU football right now. BYU football is powered, I feel like, what, 50, 60% of them are powered by Built Bar. There's a good reason for that. Built Bar has signed a name, image, and likeness agreement with all BYU football players. So when you support our friends at Built Bar and enjoy the best tasting protein bars on the market, you're also supporting BYU football players by buying those Built Bars. We've got a great offer for you guys, and more importantly, they would love nothing more than for you guys to join the Built family, I guess is what we'll call it. You can go to Built.com right now, place your order there. They've got delicious protein bars. They have these puffs, which are protein-infused marshmallow bars. They're absolutely nuts. I love them. The banana cream flavor, which is still available, I believe, for a limited time, is one of my all-time favorite flavors of any type of Built product. Get to Built.com right now, and while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. You heard that right? 15% off your order by using the promo code code LOCKED15, so support BYU football and support our friends at Built Bar by getting to Built.com right now and use that promo code LOCKED15. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and yes Ian, I am going to put on a lot of makeup to do that picture. Ian Prescott, our good friend on Twitter, uh, sending me a meme yesterday saying, Jake putting on his makeup for his first YouTube uh, podcast, and folks I'm not going to lie, I will probably not be wearing any makeup. I do have a cool thing though with this YouTube channel, Uh, we're gonna have some fun with this, obviously. I'd love for you guys, as soon as we have it up and running, I'll be asking you guys to subscribe to it. The biggest thing is I'm looking forward to is I have a lot of hats, and my wife drives her nuts how many hats I have. I know I don't have as many as some people out there who are really hat crazy, but I've got a lot of them, and a lot of them just sit on my shelf. You know what I'm gonna do? This is an opportunity to show off my hats. So you're gonna see a lot of different hats from a lot of different teams, you <laughs> understand that it's just me showing off my hat collection. So we're going to have some fun with that and in the meantime, thank you as always for your support of the show. All right, let's talk a little bit about BYU's defensive secondary continuing on with three questions. Let's talk about BYU's safety position. I mentioned yesterday I wanted to talk about cornerbacks. I decided you know what? I'm calling an audible. I'm going to go with the safeties. That's what I felt like talking about today and the safety position for BYU I think is going to be very interesting considering there are questions about guys who were really, really good last year at the position, uh, guys that moved out of the position and had some success at other positions, but I think should go back. But I think we need to start here. Number one, question number one: What is the top safety tandem for BYU and will it emerge during spring ball? We saw at the end of the year last year when BYU had their best safeties on the field, quote unquote. I thought it was Malik Moore and Jacob Robinson. Jacob Robinson is going to be a guy that I'm going to be interested to see where his future position lies on the football field. He is not a big dude. And let me be clear about this. He has got a nice frame, but he does not have your typical safety frame. He weighs 170 pounds, maybe soaking wet. He's not your big dude. But... There are guys who have been relatively light and had great success at safety. I think none more so than former Ute Eric Weddle. That dude is not a big dude, but he had a very, very good career. And might find himself on the fringe of making the NFL Hall of Fame now with that Super Bowl title he won with the Los Angeles Rams. I hope he makes the Hall, but that's just my personal bias. I look at it, and I think that Jacob Robinson, the question is going to be, is safety his long-term home, and can can he put on some extra weight to keep himself healthy? He got injured at the end of the year, and really— I think that's due in part to the fact that safety, you got to be able to really hit some dudes at times, and I'm not sure that that's for him long term. Malik Moore, very very good last year. I am hopeful that Chaz Auu moves back to safety. Chaz, I think safety is the place he needs to be, and I don't know that BYU's coaching staff is going to listen to me or the, no. I don't. I know for a fact they're not going to listen to me. But I think Chaz Auu needs to be playing safety, and that could throw a wrench in obviously, in who determining who the top two safeties for BYU you are especially considering you also have guys like Ammon hanneman who i thought had a very good season in 2021 seemingly coming out of nowhere he's been so quiet for so long since signing with byu and returning home from his mission for him to emerge like he did during the 2021 season he obviously is going to insert his uh credentials into this conversation i think the overall thing for safety for byu in spring ball is how deep can this position ultimately become that's question number two here because you look at it jacob robinson Ammon hannum and malik moore uh, chaz Ayu potentially you also have hayden livingston who has actually i thought been very very good in spot duty at safety you also have a guy like Taylon Alfrey, who is coming off an achilles tear in training camp he has been talked about as one of the next Andrew Rich types for BYU if he lives up to his potential. That is six guys. You could go three deep, potentially, on the safety position. Will that depth come to the forebear during spring ball? I don't know, and I really have a question mark of... If the long-term position changes, whether it's Jacob Robinson moving to safety or Chaz Ayu moving out of safety to play that middle linebacker spot or a hybrid linebacker spot, are those permanent changes? Will BYU figure out what they're going to do defensively and insert these guys to give them a permanent home? Question number three, and it relates to Chaz Au. overall. Chaz Au needs to have a permanent position clearly defined for him. This is a kid, and he he talked about it. I think Kug Connect, they've done a great job with some NIL-related content, but I saw in one of their clips, he talked about the fact, no, it actually wasn't that. It was a podcast he was doing with Malik Moore. I apologize. It was uh, I remember what the name of it is. No Politics Allowed I think is what the podcast is, and it's really actually really, really well done. Uh, he talked about the fact that he was so frustrated after the Washington State game, he considered leaving BYU I think that frustration is very much due in part to the fact that he continually has been moved from position to position to position to position throughout his career at BYU obviously injury concerns have played into all of this but the BYU coaching staff has done this young man no favors by moving him from linebacker to safety back to linebacker hybrid spots back to it, Find a permanent home for him and let him thrive in that role. I think playing safety is the perfect spot for Chaz Ayu. He's got the foot speed, in my opinion, to succeed there. He's got the frame. That's why BYU wanted to move to linebacker because he's, he's got a pretty good frame for safety. Let him succeed at safety. Let him just find a home and make it his permanent home. And I think safety is a spot for him. He struggled mightily at linebacker for BYU. He does not have the bulk. Uh, He has not played linebacker a lot during his playing career throughout his life. I think safety is where he needs to be stationed. That's where he needs to be lined up. He needs to be able to cut loose, get out there, and get after it. And if you have guys like Malik Moore, a Chaz You, Jacob Robinson maybe moving up and playing the slot a little bit more, and you have Ammon Hanneman and Hayden Livingston just sitting there saying, oh yeah, we're more than capable. If you need a blow, we can get in there and do our thing. You're going to have a very, very strong back end of your defense. I think you need to find Chaz Ayu a permanent home in the defensive secondary. I I don't know how how else to say. It. I think that he is perfect for playing safety for BYU. But I'm a guy like I say all the time. I'm paid to second guess. I I'm a armchair analyst. That's probably the best way to go about it. But I would love nothing more than to see Chaz Ayu succeed at safety, have a full season there, enjoy a healthy season and then decide what his future is going to be, whether he decides to try and jump to the NFL, uh, wants to maybe play another season due to the COVID rules. I don't know. But he needs to have a permanent home in the defensive secondary, I feel like. I feel like that is the perfect spot for him. But only time will tell. And spring ball, I think, will help uh, clearly lay out what exactly the future of the safety position looks like. And if there's somebody else that I haven't mentioned today that could move up in the safety ranks, uh, I'm interested to see how all that plays out because – There's a lot of question marks and a lot of bodies and a lot of talent. Let me be very clear about it. I'm actually very intrigued by all the talent at safety for BYU. If all of it is able to go out there, speaking of the uh, it, I speak of them as if they're commodities. They're not. They're, They're human beings. They go out there and show what they can do. Oh, man. I I've got a lot of faith that the safety group could be one of the strengths for BYU's defense during the 2022 campaign, but they've got to go out there and be able to prove it. We'll we'll find out, but very interesting to look at all the same. All right, we're going to flip over and talk a little BYU hoops as we round out today's show here in just a moment. Some interesting notes on the Cougars overall from a person, from an outsider's perspective, also some notes on uh, Alex Barcelo and his importance to BYU. We'll get to all of that in just a moment here. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at BetOnline. Football obviously might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam ahead mode for both pro and college troops. From the latest odds... Totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach might be landing, betonline.net is your number one spot for all of the sports betting needs that you might have. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season as well. And it's not just basketball, my friends. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, also Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today to use your mobile device, or excuse me, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends in action at betonline.net. It's all courtesy of your friends at BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's take a minute and talk some BYU hoops on our way out the door here on this Wednesday edition of Locked On Cougars. Let's start off with this. Fusini Traore, uh... Man, I'm not even sure what to make of this. I think Mark Pope was playing coy when he's speaking with the media yesterday, saying that it's a groin issue, and the hope is that he can get back into action on Thursday. BYU basketball will be taking today off in terms of practice, working on academics this week. Essentially, it's a bye for them midweek, so they have extra time to prepare for St. Mary's, but the thing that Mark Pope had to say is that if Foose can go by Thursday, there's an outside chance he could play on Saturday, but I've told you guys, groin injuries, and Mark Pope had Acknowledge this, groin injuries, you do not want to aggravate them or make them worse because they can hamper you for literally the rest of your life. It's crazy to think about, but you got to be very careful with this. Foose, I'm sure, is just chomping at the bit and wants nothing more than to be out there supporting his teammates and playing for the Cougars. He's a competitor. That's just how guys are built at this level of basketball. But at the same time, BYU's got to be very smart about how they're going about things. Another thing that was pointed out that I saw on this is BYU basketball, they have an opportunity, if they so desire, to actually schedule one more game. And obviously, Portland out there, they had a game canceled. It sounds like BYU and Portland will not be playing that rescheduled game that was uh, thought to be maybe in the in the cards at some point during the season. And Portland isn't necessarily going to help anybody. But I saw this on Vanquish the Foe, a uh, mailbag segment or a mailbag article that Robbie McCombs does. And by the way, Vanquish the Foe, Robbie and that crew over there. I know Nate Slack's part of it, uh, Nick Lee, great great dudes, all of them. But in uh, the most recent mailbag edition he did, uh, speaking of Robbie, he talked about the fact that BYU actually could find themselves potentially looking to maybe schedule a 31st game. They'll have 30 games in the regular season. You're allowed to schedule up to 31. They could do that maybe early on in the week leading up to the West Coast Conference Tournament. I am interested to see if BYU could find a team that would help their resume, play in that window if they can go for it I think it'd be very interesting but as uh, Robbie also notes BYU if they beat St. Mary's they actually should be feeling fairly confident in their chances come Selection Sunday do they if they lose to St. Mary's they may need to run all the way to the West Coast Conference Championship game where they in theory get stomped by Gonzaga to feel confident on Selection Sunday man I <laughs> If you can find a game that is a quad two or quad one game, quad one's probably out of the out of the picture. But if you get a quad two game that you could schedule on very short notice and play early on that final week of the regular season for BYU, leading up to the West Coast Conference tournament, I say you do it. You need all of the data points you can get at this point, especially wins. And obviously, a loss would hurt you in that window. But you may have to roll the dice and gamble. And I don't know. We'll see what happens on that. By the way, uh, I saw this, and I meant, I've i been meaning to mention it all week long. I probably should have mentioned it earlier on on the Monday edition of the show. The efficiency number that Alex Barcelo put up against, uh, it was uh, not LMU. I apologize. It was Pepperdine on Saturday. Just absolutely insane. 33 points on 12 shots, making 9 of 10 from the three-point line. Alex Barcello, folks, and uh, Dick Harmon wrote this, he compared him to John Stockton. Alex Barcello is a -a one-of-a-kind player for BYU. You should be relishing the opportunity to watch this dude play. Yes, he is not in the same stratosphere as Jimmer Fredette, who was the Naismith Player of the Year back in 2011. I I get all that, but you're looking at a generational player for BYU basketball. Alex Barcello, what he has done for the BYU basketball program, it's going to be talked about, I feel like, in more reverential tones once he's done at BYU and BYU fans realize what they had with this kid. I'm not fully understanding why BYU fans have not embraced Alex Barcelo. I feel they've embraced other BYU stars of the past. Think of some of the guys who have come through BYU and have just been thought of as otherworldly guys. Tyler Haas, for example. Tyler Haas, very, very good player. But if you were to ask me, which would you rather have Alex Barcello or Tyler Haas? I'm taking Alex Barcello. And that's nothing against T. Haas. Tyler was very, very good for BYU. I would pick Alex Barcelo over Tyler Hawes. He has been absolutely stellar for the Cougars. He's embraced everything that BYU is despite not being a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He has never saw his time at BYU as being any type of hindrance to him as a player. He has embraced everything about BYU. There is a lot to like about this young man. And this is a kid that I think needs to be more appreciated and he's, Pretty well appreciated. Let me be also frank on that point. He's well appreciated, but I'm not sure that he's getting the same type of hype and adulation that I feel like other BYU basketball players of his ilk, his caliber, have gotten in past eras of BYU basketball. I don't know. if Maybe I'm seeing that wrong, but that's just my personal opinion on the matter. I, I just look at it and I I think he is a guy that is probably going to be more appreciated once he's done at BYU than what he is currently being appreciated for actually playing for the Cougars. Hopefully that makes sense, but we'll see. I, it just It's a very, very interesting thing to look at when it comes to BYU basketball. Now the final thing on the BYU hoops front today Want to talk about this. Uh, that is, anonymous coaches take uh, you inside the West Coast Conference and they had a part on BYU and this is the quote. Quote, they're going through a tough time because of the injuries in the front court. They're not as big. They're very heavily relying on Alex, on Alex Barcelo. Obviously, he's been very, very good. You have to stay attached to him. You can never go under on a ball screen. He might be 0-5 at the half and end up with 22 points. They don't have a second guy who can help them consistently. You're seeing other teams figure that out. Defensively, they're just okay. They're they're missing what Matt Harms gave them at the rim last year. Mark Pope is playing eight guys, sometimes nine, but I don't know how substan- su- substantive those minutes are. I thought Caleb Loner would be an all-conference p- guy this year. Well, he was preseason all-first team West Coast Conference, but I think not having those other guys has affected him. TJ Lucas has been good, but he's streaking. They're playing small ball, so everybody has had to adjust. I think that anonymous coach's assessment nails what BYU's dealing with right now. Alex Barcelo, BYU lives and dies on that dude. If you have a guy like a T.Jon Lucas or in this past game's case where you saw Caleb Bloner play more like we thought what Caleb Bloner would look like, 14 points, 6 of 7 shooting. If you have those guys that are able to go on any given night, BYU's in good shape. But Alex Barcelo has been the guy who's been like the singular Consistent option for BYU all year long. There's been never a second option who has emerged who has been just absolutely rock solid, consistent, and it's hurt BYU. But I think that coach or that anonymous coach who's speaking on BYU, I think he absolutely nailed everything about the Cougars. They're playing small ball. Caleb Lohner's playing out of position. If Foose Triori is not available to play, you're going to see Caleb Lohner playing more center, more power forward. A Tiki Ali, Tiki's going to have to step up. You're going to have to see more adjustments from BYU, and it's a credit to this BYU coaching staff. They have been thrown every single combination, it feels like, you can be thrown in terms of injury concerns and lineup changes they've had to adjust to, and they have answered the bell by and large. Yes, that four-game slide did not do anything good for BYU, but think about it. It's been... All things considered, a pretty dang good season if you're a BYU basketball fan. The, the question now is, can they get themselves into the big dance? And when they get to the big dance, how healthy will they can be and can they advance? I don't know. At this point, I think the accomplishment this year, more so than the past two iterations of Mark Pope's teams, those teams you expected to make a run in the NCAA tournament. It was disappointing to see BYU lose to UCLA last year. It was disappointing to see the 2020 NCAA tournament canceled when that team from BYU felt like, man, they're a dark horse, what, Final Four team, maybe? This year's team, I think the accomplishment, if you if you make the NCAA tournament, I'm giving you a round of applause for everything you've dealt with. You heard me clapping there probably in the background with my mic. I would be giving BYU a round of applause if they make the NCAA tournament this year. I think it would be a massive accomplishment. They advance? Whew. Okay. Well, then that's just the gravy, the cherry on top, whatever term you want to use. That would be absolutely phenomenal. And we'll see. I, I just look at this, and I think the, the biggest thing right now is BYU is fighting, scratching, and clawing, just trying to get themselves into the big dance. They make it there. That's a great season, especially everything, everything, the totality of what BYU has dealt with all year long. I think you'd have to say, yeah, it's a job well done and credit to Mark Pope and company. All right. That is going to do it for today's edition of the show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys now to get over and check out Locked on Bets. It's your daily podcast with all of your betting news insider tips everything you need to know when it comes to the betting game get to check out locked on bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling who are the co-hosts of that show it is free and available wherever you get your podcast and also make sure to follow this show on social media Facebook Instagram or Twitter search out locked on Cougars also you can follow me Jacob C hatch is my Twitter handle love to do a mailbag segment tomorrow uh, Twitter Thursday usually Twitter Tuesday on the show but I didn't do it earlier this week if you have questions you'd like to have answered send them in now we'll get to them on tomorrow's podcast and until then have a great rest of your day hope you all are doing fantastic this has been the locked on cougars podcast for february 16th 2022 and we will catch you guys tomorrow